Cynthia may feel there are still some things she needs to take care of by herself. But right now, being home with you will do more good than any psychiatrist. I'm thinking of taking her on a, a little trip back to the islands. You go on back to your dancing if you like. I just love to watch young folk doing the new steps. You know the Charleston? She's good. She's very, very good. But when she's bad, she's got to be at least 50. Justin! Fanny killed him. And Ma just sat there rocking and smiling. And they killed Lynn, too. And indeed you are. Welcome back to The Hysteria Continues. This is episode 187. And uh, it's one of Nathan's favourite numbers, apparently, which he'll tell us all about uh, shortly. But we are covering American Gothic, a.k.a. Hide and Shriek. Not to be confused with Hide and Go Shriek. Uh, And obviously with slash movie titles, quite often there can be some confusion. Uh, But this is the uh, yuppies go... um, go to Ireland and get killed movie. So this is Nathan's pick, and um, it might be a surprise. It's actually quite an accomplished film, Nathan. Are you looking forward to covering American Gothic? Yes, I am. And did you guys hear how beautifully artistic that intro was with the music? Mm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm not one. I don't often toot my own horn, but darn it, I'm going to toot and say that I really liked that intro. You just toot your horn there, Nathan, and we'll just wait for you to finish. <laughs> Is that a joke? Did I say something funny? Well, horn. No, not yet. We'll but no, I love American Gothic. We'll get to that later, but I'm very excited to be discussing it. Excellent. And the painting well as well, if you guys want to get into the artwork. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Well, the... Uh, the famous- I was kidding. Well, we could. Well, we need to touch on it, don't we? <laughs> like, I don't have any notes on that. No. Yeah, I don't have any notes either. Let's not discuss that. I thought it was going to be. I thought we could suddenly go very cultural. You know, this. I was trying. You want cultural? How about this? Oh dear. <laughs> That's more like this show. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, we'll be coming on to uh, Nathan's pick a little bit later. Uh, but Eric, how are you doing? Apart from, unfortunately, that you've you've um, got your soundboard back. Yeah, I certainly do. And how are those relatives, Nathan? You uh, selfish relatives. Oh, they're still selfish. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Mm. That's why they had to die. <laughs> Especially Joyce and Deborah. They were the selfishness, selfishnessless of all. <sighs> Are you still working on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but Eric, are you okay apart from apart from that? I'm super duper. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, Joseph, you're with us. 
I'm actually here. Can you believe it? You're not sleeping this time. No, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fantastic episode because Joseph is high as a kite. Well, there you go. Wait, so but there is know. one. I wouldn't there is know one, anything about that. Yeah, well, right. There is Rod one Steiger's thing. I, character say about that. Yeah, Rod Steiger. He would probably stagger away from me because I am the devil. Um, there is one thing I wanted to mention. I meant to mention this on the last episode, but I wasn't here for most of the last episode. Uh, David Millay, uh, BTK, who is responsible for inflicting axum upon us, um, mm-hmm. he has a new uh, YouTube channel called Everybody Dies, and I told him I'd you know promote that on the show for him. <laughs> it's uh, basically him in front of a camera, and uh, he covers kind of the worst of the direct-to-video post-2K bad movies um he his first episode he did the abcs of death uh quite hilarious Uh, i'd recommend checking that out so it's called everybody dies excellent uh has he covered bloody murder yet no i'm sure he will because you know he loves that uh movie so much but i think he's just going to cover movies that are just terrible i don't know um who knows but it's a very entertaining show so when are you going to be guesting nathan me Mm. Well, am I guesting on there? Well, that sounds very much your cup of tea. Yes. Well, I mean, yes, I, I do think that BTK, you know, I mean, he's got, or, or David M- Molay, is that how you say it, Joseph? Yeah, Molay. Oh, okay. Um, I think that he has uh, an interesting taste in film. Um, I don't necessarily share his love of Bloody Murder, but I do share his love of some other films that are very intelligent and nuanced. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's, that's uh, not two words well, I've associated are. with most of your picks, Nathan, but... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And there's just more great stuff to come. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's um, have a little chat about what we've been You know, watching. my mind doesn't go into the gutter before I speak. <laughs> <laughs> so how does your brain live there? Oh, I'm sweet and com- innocent. I have virginal comfortably ears. Virginal ears. Gutter trash rolls comfortably off my tongue. Mm-hmm. Hey, Justin, what do you do when your cat is driving you crazy while you're trying to record, wanting attention? Is that stripes we hear? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, they're all asleep at the moment, so then I don't have that problem. It's well, yeah, using the litter tray any moment now. No, but that's that's part of the it's podcasting gold, isn't it? Cats. So I think I very much doubt anyone's going to begrudge a little meow (laughs) in the background. She's very attention hungry today. Yeah, but it's very sweet. Very sweet. So, um, okay. well, what have we been watching the last week since we recorded? Uh, So, Eric, have you seen anything you'd like to tell us about? No. No? No. It's only been a week. Okay. All right. Well, I know because we're banking. That's true. We are banking these up uh, because we have a few uh, scheduling conflicts, don't we, going forward into the next couple of months. So we're banking up shows. So we've got got, uh, a wonderfully recorded professional podcast, as you would have heard if you'd listened to the last Jacko uh, episode, which was... um, we were just talking about this off air because we Steven thought Steven Spielberg directed that. Yeah, that Steven Spielberg directed that. Is uh, we were all very excited because um, after a few teething problems, our Psycho Two episode I think was actually uh, was really I thought actually turned out really well. And Joseph has been fine tuning the episodes as well to make the music sound even better. But uh, there wasn't um, uh, any magic in the world that could turn uh, Jacko into, well, basically, it was it was about two hours worth of Skype um, cutouts and uh, all sorts of 
shenanigans, but uh, but hopefully recording out a sequence, and it yes. was very Doris Wishman. It was very Doris Wishman. There were lots of feet shuffling around um, and uh, and uh, stuff like that. But hopefully, uh, with American Gothic, we can be back on the straight and narrow, or well, as straight and narrow as we can be. Uh, mm. And um, well. Well, thank you, Eric, for your scintillating critique of your last week's viewing. Well, uh, excuse me for not having time to watch any movies. <laughs> Nathan, what I have you been watching? Justin has several in that case. Oh, my God. Eric. Hmm? <laughs> oh, Eric. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's all you have to say. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? Um, the only thing I really did is Joe and I had a movie night on Friday night, and we watched Boarding House, where the rent won't kill you, but something else will, and Nailgun Massacre, a very penetrating story. So, and we've already discussed both of those movies, so you both know that they are brilliant, fantastic, wonderful films that I hold near and dear to my heart. You do indeed. Yes. Did you have a lot of fun with them? Yes, I did. Um, and I think we inadvertently watched the uh, uncut version of Boarding House, which features a lot more dialogue by the pool. How long is that going <laughs> for? Two and a half hours or something, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's about two and a half hours long. Whoa. Yeah. But What's it was that? amazing. It was an incredible experience. Mm. Is that your first movie night together in ages, or have you? It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a few years, actually. Yeah, it's been years since we had a movie night. And oh. was uh, Grant Grant there? Yeah, no. Grant, no. He's a family Grant man now. He's he, a family man now. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't have time for us anymore. Oh, that was very sad. Very sad. So, uh, okay, well, thank you, Nathan. Uh, and to say, if you are interested in our opinions on Nelgar Massacre, that we did the commentary for that, didn't we? For it's eighty-eight films, we did, and we did an episode. Is Nelgar yeah. Massacre the one where we learned all about seagulling? Yes, yes, yes. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yes funny how we're not doing anything for 88 at the moment i wonder why but um <laughs> uh so um well thank you nathan joseph how about you well you, you, obviously you saw those as well yeah um i accidentally stumbled across a youtube channel called local 58 it's uh basically this guy he creates these like retro 80s looking uh tv channel news bumpers but they they're they're very creepy and very weird and they kind of segue into these little i guess little short films um you know they're, they're either like a minute or two long or i think the longest one's like four minutes long but um very found footage style uh very the aliens are taking over or there's some supernatural force taking over very weird very effective very creepy in that manner and it kind of got me into uh wanting to kind of rediscover my found footage roots. So I watched a movie on Amazon prime called I see you. Um, it's basically about these two guys, uh, who are roommates. Um, one of the guys, uh, buys a video camera and he's basically documenting himself for his, you know, video blog and his roommate will sometimes borrow the camera to just, uh, film, you know, prank pranks and practical jokes and uh, we're watching this footage, but in spliced in this footage are like murders of people who they interact with and you don't see who the killer is. So it's kind of one of those who is the killer type uh, movies and you don't find out which one it is until the very end or you may not even then. But uh, I thought it was pretty good uh, for, for a kind of return to the found footage thing that I haven't watched in a long time. But um, I don't know. After watching that local 58 content, what this guy did with uh, just text and images, uh, 
how you made something creepy and scary like that. Somehow the movies just don't seem to as interesting to me anymore. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed ICU um, for the most part. Uh, you know, just a standard found footage film I would recommend. But uh, I do recommend going to check out that Local 58 on YouTube. It's very interesting. But um, other than that, I don't think there's anything else I've watched, uh, unless it's the other two, the other, other movie you guys wanted to talk about. But that's it. Well, we could talk, uh, just mention, because uh, I think it's uh, streaming or it's out now everywhere. And I know Nathan hasn't seen it, but uh, the the rest of us have, which is Escape Room, which is, yep. uh, that was out at the cinema, wasn't it? Not that long ago, I kind of guess, but it's out on streaming everywhere now. And um, it's, uh, how can I put it really? It's kind of like a PG-13 saw, isn't it, in some ways, uh, that uh, a group of um, people who are seemingly unconnected get an invite to a new escape room uh, which obviously unless you've been living under a rock uh, you know over the last five or six years or so escape rooms have become the the rigor uh, thing for um, groups of like a kind of parties to go off and try and find their way out of a room following clues so this is um it's a similar thing to that, but uh, they find that they've they're kind of caught up in some kind of Machiavellian plot, uh, which will see them all being killed off one by one uh, as they try and escape these very very complex and rather overblown escape rooms. Uh, and I think we, we're talking about this. Obviously, we want to give away too much um, because Nathan hasn't seen it. But if you thought uh, Urban Legends Two uh, Final Cut was um, far fetched, then you uh, certainly that's seen at the beginning with on the aircraft and you've seen nothing yet uh this is probably the most far-fetched movie i may have ever seen is that a fair assessment i think so we'll see i I was gonna say urban legends too yeah that's kind of far-fetched but if i were going to compare this to something it would be like the collector or the saw films you know how how just out there they are with the the traps and the you know the booby traps and stuff um this movie oh my god it is so outlandish and so unbelievable but i I, you know, I likened it to like a PG-13 popcorn saw, and I really enjoyed the hell out of it, actually. So mm. thumbs up for me. No, it's I enjoyed the hell out of it as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm not a fan of the Saw series. I think they're a bit too grim for my liking. But this was, was as you said, very popcorn and quite, quite playful. Uh, it is very far-fetched to the point where I assumed it was meant to have a deliberate science fiction element like Cube. But uh, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's meant to be uh, um, taking place in the, quote, real world. If it is, then whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you do get kind of hints that you know there might be some sort of technical, um, you know, like engineering behind the scenes going on here. But it's just so outlandish, and you're like, oh, come on, yeah, right. But it's just, it's a lot of fun. A lot of Nathan, fun. you need to, Nathan, yeah. you need to get on uh, to watching that as soon as possible. There's a great. I will. But this adventure. is one that Wes said he would watch with me. So when yeah. I think he'll enjoy, it. we're both going to watch it. Yeah, this is this is something Wes would actually like. I think. Cool. Is there anything else? A lot of jump scares. There is no jump scares at all, is there? No. No. This is more of a kind of a uh, you know like like Saw is like kind of an action horror sort of uh, where there's a lot of you know death defying feats, not 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 necessarily people you know jumping around corners and scaring people or anything like that. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Is there anything else to say about mm-hmm. Escape Room? I enjoy it. Go see it. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I've seen. Well, I've be caught, I think there are multiple films out there called Escape Room, though. Oh, is there? Yeah. It's a very popular activity in the States right now. So, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, independent people capitalized on that before even this one came out, I think. 
Cool. Okay. Right. Well, make sure you get the right one. So, okay. Well, um, uh, there's a couple of things I've seen. Uh, I caught up on some Blu-rays I had uh, knocking around. I hadn't watched. Um, one was called uh, Hansel and Gretel from a South Korean movie. I used to uh, way back when. I kind of guess with like the whole kind of uh, the, with a J horror. Obviously, this is kind of K horror, but uh, it, uh, back it started with Ringu way way back in uh, before the millennium. I kind of guess. And so I did go through the kind of the early 2000s, quite a kind of an Asian kick of watching a lot of Asian horror movies. And you had the ubiquitous uh, sort of ghostly uh, demon with the long black hair type thing. And this this is very sort of different. This is um, a South Korean uh, based on the uh, the, the um, fairy tale Hansel and Gretel, but with a twist that it's actually the potentially the kids that are the kind of the evildoers in it rather than the uh, uh, the, the the witch. Uh, and it's it has a, a man who has in a car crash and he ends up in this kind of strange realm where there's three children in the house with their parents and their parents seem very nervous and to say any more kind of would give away too much but it's a it's a very kind of playful uh and uh, sort of fantastic in in like uh, as in uh, sort of uh, outlandish and uh um inventive uh sort of movie so uh, that's definitely worth a watch if you ever get the chance if you kind of like those slightly oddball korean or south korean movies uh i have never seen a north korean horror movie i don't think there probably is such a thing but uh, that's uh, i have any of you seen it eric i've thought might have seen it no i wasn't aware of that one no okay mm-hmm. um the other two um very very different this was uh it was on the fairy tale kick as it were and um i said to stuart because stuart's got this bit of soft spot for anthologies the old amicus anthologies and i said oh i've got this one here we haven't watched it. it's from the 80s it's called dead time stories uh and um oh my god <laughs> I love that movie. I thought I love it so good. Yeah, um, and I, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it, it's eighties uh, anthology, um, but kind of loosely based around uh, the fairy tales, like uh, one's Goldilocks, um, which is the the final thing, which kind of becomes almost quite trauma esque. You've got uh, Goldilocks, uh, who has psychic powers, has also escaped lunatic, and um, uh, kind of gets together with the three bears, who are like a family of lunatics, psychopaths who escape from the asylum uh it gets very john waters-esque uh and um i thought i thought if anyone had seen it uh it would be nathan well yeah because it's so good i love the little red riding hood story yes yes i did I've, actually on the uh, on the blu-ray it's another it's 88's um uh, release of it and it's got the director on on there and he's sort of chatting about it and how they put everything together and it was all it, it, was, it was really um interesting because it was uh, i think it started shooting in 1982 and um, got released in 87 and he was kind of it was it was very much kind of hand-to-mouth uh, sort of um, when they made the film and he's sort of saying about how the little red riding hood uh, sequence they had to re- reshoot the beginning of that because they wanted to sex it up a little bit more uh but yeah it's i thought it was, it was very entertaining it was kind of it's it's very different from the amicus anthologies is that one that joseph and I, have a, um, I think it goes i think it goes good on a double bill with uh john carpenter's body bags Mm. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, long time, long time yeah. ago. What about you, yeah. Eric? Have you seen it? 
I haven't. No, I am aware of it, though. I didn't realise 88 had brought it out in Blu-ray, but no, I haven't seen it. But I am intrigued. It sounds quite good. I think uh, Shout Factory may have released it in the States, uh, but mm, 88 put it out on, on of, Blu-ray. Yeah. So, so, and one last film I saw, which is a, a, a film I think we had talked about possibly covering on the show. Uh, we Our internet went down uh, a couple of days ago, so we had to go and actually watch some physical media, which is... With everything on your fingertips these days, sometimes it can be a little bit, you know, it can be a little bit lazy about going upstairs and digging out a Blu-ray or a DVD. But um, watch Sorority Row, the remake of The House on Sorority Row, uh, from about, well, I think it's 10 years older, 2009, which I saw at the cinema, and I've seen it a number of times on on Blu-ray. And I, I don't know if it's just me, but it doesn't really stand up, I don't think, as well on uh, now it's 10 years old. It doesn't... I it's it's yeah i'm not uh I, I didn't like it as much as i remember liking it but uh, there might be a slightly yeah it's it's one of the lesser of those um kind of post uh 2000 remakes that they had coming out mm. um i enjoyed the uh yeah it's better than prom night i enjoyed you know the my bloody valentine remake a lot more but i, I thought it was actually kind of fun hmm yeah, I didn't. Um, I saw it in the cinema as well, and I just remember not being terribly impressed with it. Um, so I'd only have revisited it since. What about you, Nathan? I liked it a lot upon first watch, but now I fear a revisit because I feel like I might not like it as much the second time around. Mm. I'm sure. So it's, I'm like, I want to maintain the good memories. Well, it might be one we uh, get around to eventually. And of course, because it had Carrie Fisher in it as well, which is kind of slightly strange watching her. Uh, you know, now she's dead. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of all the things I've been watching. I think, uh, trying to think if there's anything else. No, I think that's that's it. So uh, without further ado, uh, the uh, this is the uh, trailer for American Gothic. And Nathan will bring us back in after this. We interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcast to bring you a message from us, The Postmortem Show with Dom and JD. For over two years, we've brought you movie reviews, top five lists, interviews with filmmakers like Stephen Byro, Dorian Weinzimmer, and even Leslie Vernon himself, Nathan Basil. And this ain't your daddy's podcast here at The Postmortem Show. We get a little dark. We get a little crude. That's right. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, www.postmortemshow.com. Or, you know, you could not check it out and your life will be empty. (laughs) As the great H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. and quiet. She's cured, isn't she? Well, that's a word psychiatry doesn't throw around the way we used to. When you need to forget. I'm thinking of taking her on a, a little trip back to the islands. What could be better than a return to the wilds? We had our honeymoon there and she, she loved it. I can't fix it. I think we'd better check out this island and see what we can find. What could be more inviting than a return to the past. Hey, you guys. Look at this. It's like we just walked into the 1920s. You guys, I think we better take it easy, huh? (laughs) That's all right, children. Been meaning to get rid of them old things anyhow. These are the backwoods where time has a way of standing still. Please don't make that, baby. I'm going to be 
finish a chore. Is your friend coming or not? You gotta have patience, son. You should learn to read the good book. He who waits gets. American Gothic. Welcome home. <laughs> You're it! And ain't none of you never gonna get off this island of the line! Steiger, Yvonne DiCarlo, Michael J. Pollard, American Gothic. Everybody's welcome to stay. Pleased to meet you. I'm sure. <laughs> American Gothic. <laughs> wow frightening stuff. Um, Before I get into this synopsis, I want to preface this with the fact that um, this synopsis is going to be the back of the VHS and there are spoilers. So please be aware of that before I read this. All right. A picture perfect camping trip becomes a portrait in terror for six friends who are forced to land on a remote island when their plane develops engine trouble. They discover a family living on the island and are first greeted with apple pie and Bible reading, oh Lord, by Ma, Pa, and Fanny, who is expecting her 12th birthday, and Woody and Teddy, who like to play cowboys and Indians. The strange thing is that Fanny is 50 years old, and the boys are not much younger. And while Ma and Pa like to thump their Bible, they seem to have disregarded the first commandment entirely. They use a variety of homegrown murderous methods to slay the visitors until there is only one, Cynthia remaining, but Cynthia has a secret weapon, her past. She has just been released from a mental hospital and provides some macabre maneuvers of her own. American Gothic, the family that slays together, stays together. All right. I love American Gothic. I think that um, all the characters are very interesting to watch. I find this idea of this psychotic family on an island to be... um, really entertaining, uh, especially the idea that they're a very much adult children think that they're 12 and 13 or something. It's, it's just ridiculous. Um, but there's also this real weird macabre nature to the film. Like the idea that Fanny is, uh, you know, given like birth to this stillborn baby or maybe even a baby that Pa killed for all we know. Um, and she's got this mummified like baby that, she treats like um, a lot an alive uh, kid, so it's very odd and weird, especially when she's like holding it out to Cynthia, like here, give it a kiss. I'm like, oh, God. Um, I found the character of Lynn to be uh, really hilarious because she's kind of like the main girl of the group. And there's the scene where there Lynn says something really cruel. It's like, oh, this family and that Fanny with those hideous clothes and that bloated, ugly, ugly face. She's absolutely repulsive. 
I'm like, it's just, it's really mean and cruel. So, you know, maybe she didn't, she wasn't quite undeserving of her fate uh, with um, the jump rope. But um, I, I also love how deep in the past the family is because in, in the intro you heard the ma saying, I love to watch you young folks doing the new steps. Do you know the Charleston? Um, hey, I object to that because that's like me saying, hey, do you know the, how to break dance? Because I'm kind of stuck in the 80s. <laughs> I do like break dancing. I like to Charleston too. It's just, you know, they don't even have a TV. Do you I know? It's shocking. It's like, oh. I know. I'm like, God, I would die boredom on this island before they had a chance to kill me. Um, but no, I mean, uh, fun movie. I, I love Rod Steiger. I love the scene where he's praying over the food and he sounds like he's going into some crazy sermon of preaching. <laughs> and then even when he gets to the end, he's like, ah, man. <laughs> and then like they, chastise Cynthia, who is obviously an adult woman. And the ma's like, don't you want to be part of the clean plate club? <laughs> it's just, it's all ridiculous to me, but like I said, it's ridiculous, but it's also kind of a weird macabre movie too. Um, that's, uh, really interesting altogether. So, um, what do you think of American Gothic, Eric? Um, yeah, this is my first time watching it in about, it must be about 30 years. Um, all I could remember beforehand was that scene where, that wonderful scene where the guy's on the swing and he's pushed off the edge of the cliff. That was the only scene I could remember. But once I started watching it, everything came flooding back and I, I knew sort of every beat of the film, which must indicate that I watched this like many times back in the day. I just didn't recall. Um, it was released over here under the title Hide and Shriek and had some wonderful uh, Graham Humphreys artwork on the UK VHS. Um, I love the way it starts out with the traumatized, is Cynthia as her name, isn't it? The lead act, uh, character. Um, she's been collected from the psychiatric home and her husband is being told to keep her around people she feels comfortable with. Yeah, because that turned out really well in the end, didn't it? Um, I like the fact that they've infused the dark humor right from the very start. And there's brilliant 80s music completely uh, out of keeping with the tone of the film you know uh, over the opening credits it's like um dynasty or falcon crest or something this music that plays as we're watching the that's exactly it's exactly what i was going to say my notes yeah. falcon crest yes <laughs> it's like what isn't this a horror movie um but uh, my favorite 80s thing in the film is rob's hair he has the spiked hair and mullet combo which you will be well, you mightn't be surprised to learn, but you, you know, you guys know what my hairstyle is now. I'm thinning on top, so I keep it very, very short. But back in 1987, I too had spiky hair and a mullet. I was quite the cool dude. Um, so I felt a certain connection with that character, although he's the one that gets pushed off the cliff in the swing. So um, that never happened. I have spiky hair now, but I don't have a mullet. Well, you should grow the mullet. You'd look awesome. But mullets are coming yeah, back, I'm sure. They're due to come back. Yeah, they're due to come back. There's a brilliant scene in it as well where, I mean, this makes me sound sadistic, but where the character slips on the rock and she falls into the sea. Now, it's very difficult to shoot scenes of people slipping and falling without it being utterly hilarious. And I mean, I blame programs like You've Been Framed, which I think you get in the States as America's Funniest Home Videos. Because anytime I see somebody slip or fall in a movie, it just makes me want to giggle. Um, so I think all that early... <laughs> it makes me want to insert the, the, the sound effects like... Boing. Boing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and laughter. Yeah. 
Um, I love that woodsy setting at the start, and it's very like in the, like before we meet the 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 family who live in the house. All that stuff is very Friday the Thirteenth, and just before dawn. And it also reminds me quite a lot of Body Count, the way they're sort of listening to their rock eighties mu- rock music on their ghetto blaster. Um, but I was quite wary of what was then to come around the corner because I knew it was going to turn into one of those backwoods crazy family movies that sometimes are just not the type of film I go for. You know, I'm a bit cagey about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with American Gothic, I really enjoyed the second half of the film also. Um, and like Nathan was saying, I think that the the, the shipwrecked or plane-wrecked troop of, of youngsters kind of bring it on themselves. Um, I mean, they break into this family's house and they start playing the gramophone and they mock the decor of the, of the interiors and then they raid their wardrobe and start dancing the Charleston. I mean... Talk about taking liberties. I'd be fuming if I got home from work and, you know, there were six people dancing around my living room in my check shirt and jeans and, and listening to my Toya albums. Would you, you kill know? them? Sorry? Would you kill them? I think I would. No, the Toya the albums would probably do that for him. Hey. Yeah, I can't imagine many people I, breaking into your house and putting a Toya record on. But you, <laughs> you obviously don't know anything about the general public and their taste in music, Justin. But, I mean, if their destructive oils had touched the vinyl, my sacred vinyl records, I would be very upset. I also like the... I, also like, I think it's the, the bitchy girl you were saying, Nathan. What was her name again? Lynn. Lynn. Is she the one who decides to light up at the dinner table and then she's... Yes. She's, she's always out with a cigarette somewhere. Yeah, and she's, yeah. she looks disgusted when she's told not to smoke in, indoors. I mean, it's, it's the 80s, I suppose, a different era. But, I mean, that's very commonplace nowadays for people to, um, you know, be shunned if they light up inside. Um, uh, I also like the fact that two of the children in this family are called Woody and Fanny. And that kind of sent my double entendre alarm bells ringing in my head, as I'm sure they did for you, Justin. Um, Nathan, just to fill you in here, the word Fanny has a very different meaning over here than it does in the States. Does it mean happy? <laughs> Fanny? In no, a kind of way, mean happy. Yes. <laughs> yes, we'll tell you we'll tell you more about that later, I'm sure. But it's just it's just interesting to us over here that what the sister is Fanny and the brother is Woody. Um they make a, an interesting combo. Um and sort of I like that sort of campy second half as well with the with the um I suppose the childlike kids. Um and I, I, then it, it has that interesting sort of standalone final act where it, like it comes to a natural conclusion maybe 20 minutes from the end, uh, but then continues to go on with this extended epilogue where Cynthia, okay, I'm giving away spoilers here, but she's she's this survivor girl and then she's driven demented and she sort of willingly adopts herself into the family um, until the sight of the dead baby sort of tips her even further over the edge. Um, so I, I love that bit as well. So it kind of kind of has sort of three separate elements to it that I really like. Um, I'm surprised at how much vitriol was poured on it by the critics at the time, because I think it's, it's, it's well made. I mean, it's very much of its time, but I, I can't see what's particularly rubbish about it. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, yeah, so thumbs up for me. And it was a welcome return, as I said, 30 years since I've seen it. And I don't know why it took me so long to see it again. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Um, I'm excited when y'all like what I uh, pick for the movie. And what I say is like what you were talking about at the end with Cynthia. What I love about it is it's almost like a mini little slasher movie within this slasher movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, What about you, Joseph? What do you think? Yeah, I hadn't seen American Gothic since probably around the time you and I met, Nathan. So I was curious going into the film because I, I remember enjoying it quite a bit, but I knew 
it um, it had sort of that that familial uh, element, you know, all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which um, you know I enjoy in that movie. But it's it's kind of a, like Eric; it's kind of a plot device that I I like less and less the older I get. You know, I tend to prefer the 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 single killers. You know, their identities shrouded in mystery, or at least the kind of cheap uh, Scooby Doo mystery. But um, yeah, that was kind of my experience going into what going in to watch American Gothic this time. I think the setup is great um, with the plane having to land on that island. It's very um, kind of humongous, uh, you know, with the shipwreck in that film. It's kind of the, the plane having to land on this island in this one. Um, once they happen upon the uh, the family, you know, you get that initial uh, WTF of uh, discovering Fanny. But I feel like, you know, once <laughs> we meet, <laughs> I knew Eric was going to do that. But um, I feel like once we meet her, I mean, that's it. I mean, Teddy and Woody, they don't really measure up to that sort of oddball shock, you know, at discovering this uh, 50-year-old woman who thinks she's 12. Um, And so, you know, so any time that we're spending with them, I'm not as interested. Although I think they're, you know, it's well acted, but I'm just – I'm not really interested. I think the shock of them having one uh, child, you know, who's in this mental state is kind of dampened with uh, the fact that they have three. It just kind of takes away the shock from the shock. But, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of a small complaint. You know, I did enjoy the the, the swing uh, moment in the film. I think uh, it's very harrowing. And, you know, like Eric said, these characters are just they're, they're likable, but they're so stupid. I mean, they bring a lot of this stuff onto themselves. This guy willingly gets into this swing overlooking a cliff with two people he doesn't know two people who are about 45 to 50 years old and i think they're 10 year old kids um so i mean he kind of had that coming to him i mean it's it's like this all across the board i find the the setup is really interesting but i don't find it to be all that fun because you know once they get into that kind of uh you know, mental illness and the dead baby territory and the, the scene with um, Teddy engaging in necrophilia. I think my enthusiasm kind of wanes a little bit. It's no longer fun to me. It's just kind of, uh, this is depressing. But, you know, I still give this movie a thumbs up, but it's more of a, a one-time thumbs up. It's not something, it's not a movie I can go back and watch over and over, I'm afraid, but still thumbs up, uh, very well made, very well acted. Rod Steiger, you know, he chews the scenery here so well and shits Oscars left and right. Um, I love the Fanny character. I love Cynthia. I love her descent into madness, even though it is kind of depressing. Um, you know, thumbs up, uh, not great, but, you know, pretty good. Okay. All right. Uh, Justin? Well, it's like Eric. I hadn't seen this, I don't think, since the uh, halcyon days of VHS when it came out and I was like devouring every uh, horror slash movie that was being released in the late 80s. So I don't recall having seen it and I, I checked. I hadn't uh, reviewed it for His Siri Lives. I thought I had, but then I realised that that was actually a very old review for Hide and Go Shriek. Um, so uh, I remember the, the VHS cover, uh, Graham Humphreys, and I used to... Um, uh, I think I actually owned, I think I bought a copy of that and I don't think I ever watched it since I I rented it back in the late eighties. So, so I was kind of looking forward to coming back to this, but then I kind of did wonder why I hadn't reviewed it and whether or not there was some lingering, I don't know, sort of doubt about uh, the film. And uh, I think it was a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag for me. I, I enjoyed it. I, I like it. And I, I, I actually appreciate it for some of the, some of the reasons that uh, Joseph uh, is critical of it in so much, 
much though it does go off on these slightly strange tangents and i can't think of many uh slasher movies um that would deal you know a central kind of the linchpin to most of the well the undoing of the family and also uh you know much of what happens is is basically underpinned by a dead baby uh, so it's kind of it's strange that they go there and they've got the necrophilia and all of this uh, child abuse and all this kind of thing going wrapped up in it which is very un very un sort of fun 80s slasher i kind of guess but then then all mixed up in this kind of bizarre almost baby jane-esque it can remind me of like whatever happened to baby jane with that kind of you know the um, fanny is like a betty davis as baby jane and so it, it was a mixed bag for me. I've, I found um, actually Rod Steiger and Avonda Carlo a little bit stiff, um, uh, and it kind of worked. And I, I was Did trying you find to find Woody out- stiff. <laughs> not during the film no um but uh it, 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 yeah it was kind of i found uh, i saw Yvonne Carlo actually won best actress at some fantasy film festival around the time and i found i wasn't quite sure i was yeah i wasn't i need to rewatch it at some point but um tonally i thought it was kind of a little bit sort of all over the place i, I enjoyed it overall um i mean some of the takeaways that for me is uh, um we've already uh, sort of mentioned uh uh the the whole thing of going to the house and sort of uh, trying on clothes and all that kind of thing is is bizarre behavior um and it was it was strange that they made them kind of yuppies which again in itself was kind of a little bit unusual that these were slightly older uh people than you would expect for an 80s slasher it was all they were kind of similar kind of not maybe but younger but kind of it reminded me a little bit of the slayer that that kind of they weren't middle-aged but they were almost like some kind of successful yuppies um, it did make me laugh when the say the, that woman fell into the water and she says she's going to go scuba diving, even though it seemed to be like mid-November and the water looked black as the chambers of Dendon's heart. And I couldn't imagine she'd see much scuba diving. Um, so uh, I, I, I it, the, the other film reminded me of is one that I think Nathan we covered on the I think it was on the. Um, uh, the kind of Patreon was the baby as well. The so baby, got, yeah. So you've got all of these kind of different things going mm. on in it, and I liked. I I agreed agreed with um, you know with Eric because it's because um, I hadn't seen it for such a long time, and I was thinking it felt like the film could have ended twenty minutes before it did, and it had that kind of epilogue which was uh, which was welcome. I think it kind of it, it gave the film um, uh, an extra something, and I, I didn't I didn't think it it was extraneous. I think it was it was good, but it felt like the film could have ended on the moment that Cynthia goes mad when she, her brain finally, finally cracks um, but uh, I mean overall it's kind of a black comedy I mean the director went on to make he was, I think he, his next film was like The Howling 4 or something The Marsupials or whichever one The Howling or The Rebirth or whichever one it was The Original Nightmare The Original Nightmare okay um, and obviously we've covered you know he, he did The Incubus which was a much more uh, straight ahead kind of horror movie um, whereas this was it's kind of played for laughs but it's very kind of jet black the humor throughout most of it apart from the kind of the bitchy antics of some some of the characters uh so yeah it's a mixed bag for me i mean i'm i uh, you know again and um, i agree possibly you know joseph is saying that uh nathan this is one of your more accomplished films that you've chosen but um for pure entertainment value there's maybe some of the slightly more eccentric films that you've chosen although not saying this isn't eccentric because obviously isn't a very eccentric film it's it's a mixed bag for me i'm not sure i kind of i'm slightly on the fence with it 
Um, and I think there probably was a reason why I didn't come back to it after, you know, before now. Um, having said that, there's a lot to enjoy in it. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that we did eventually go back to the island to uh, revisit American Gothic. So are you... Oh, you, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Nathan, well, I mean, what's... It, it, it's, it, it's a, a typical kind of choice for you, isn't it? In some ways. Yeah. And I understand what you guys are saying, because, I mean, I do kind of prefer the crazy fat Ethel type picks myself. But um, this just happens to be one of the more well put together slasher films that uh, I really enjoy. And I also did not expect any of you would pick it anytime soon. That's another reason I chose it. Right. I'd completely forgotten about it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those movies where it, you, the, the box art is very striking. And you remember that from like the, you know, the halcyon days of you know VHS stores, but uh, it's not one that's ever just really stood out in memory. I always seem to forget about it. I will say, I do love that scene where Fanny is like looking uh, in on uh, Jeff and Cynthia and, uh, Teddy's kind of cowering in the corner and he basically is saying, you know, like, leave me alone or I'll get beat bloody like I did last time, which basically means that she's been sleeping with her brothers and just like the way she talks and the look on her voice, like that whole childlikeness is gone completely. Yeah. There's, and um, she's very adult in that scene. There's, um, I think she's the best, uh, you know, actor in the film. There's a scene where she's talking to, um, I believe it's Teddy, um, he's sitting on the floor and she's like, they're discussing something and she just pauses and kind of looks at the camera. She's like, I want Jeff. And that's like, the scene so I'm talking cre- about. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good. She's so creepy. It's like, man, she just really steals this, you know, movie from everyone else. Well, and, even Rod Steiger. and like, I was kind of shocked at Jeff's death because it just, the way it, it happens, like she just walks into the room after Jeff and uh, Cynthia have had this like big, like heartfelt discussion and just starts pawing at him and is like, I want him. And then just stabs him right through the eye. It just, if I was Cynthia, just be like that come out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, she's like, I want him. And then she's like, I'm like, what do you want from him? Do you want to like have sex with him or do you want to stab him? I mean, you go in there thinking, okay, she's about to, you know, jump this guy right in front of this other woman. And then bam, right through the eye with some kind of needle looking thing. Ugh, maybe some cringe. weird statue. Hmm. Yeah. She has, she has an air of yeah. Mrs. Voorhees about her as well, I think. Yeah. Mm. I did think it was a little Justin, bit... Uh, Justin, I was going to say, is she your favorite character in the film? Or, to put it another way, do you like Fanny? Well, I have a fear of Fanny, um, which was... Did you ever see the um, the Fanny Craddock? Because uh, um, Fanny Craddock, for our American listeners, was a chef from our TV yeah, chef from the 1960s. It was very scary. Have you... It looked like Tammy Faye Baker, <laughs> but she was played by Julia Davis, who did Nighty Night and all those kind of fantastic black comedies here. So, uh, And that was called Fear of Fanny. But as we alluded to earlier, Fanny means I like, something different. Um, oh, I was going to say, I like Fanny Annie. Has anyone ever heard of her? No. No. She's um, Nathan, I'm shocked you haven't heard of her because she was on a lot of those USA Up All Night kind of uh, the silly car wash movies or like the summer rental, like summer job movies, uh, you know, kind of the, the meatballs type movies on USA Up All Night. Google her. She's, she's very um, uh, crazy fat Ethel in nature. And just be okay. careful Googling Fanny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I like to eat Fanny, and you can take that both ways. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of one shell. way you can take that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but one one thing I did think was um, particularly Boy. stupid, well, not stupid, but like kind of gloriously a bit stupid, was when they heard the um, radio and they go and find that shack with that random man collapsed over a radio. Uh, what, what what was he doing there? Why was there just other random shack where somebody sat there with a radio? Didn't really make a huge amount of sense, did it? One thing about this movie is um, it, it, one thing I like about this movie is it's at least for. Uh, me and maybe Nathan, um, there is a little bit of realism in this film, at least not, not really anymore around here, but you know, a, a couple of decades ago, um, you would probably have a big, a better chance of running into people like the, the, this family in the South. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up next door to a family that were very, very similar to this family. I, they didn't go around killing people, but uh, they were the type. If you uh, if you came into their house, you know you had to uh, you know bow down to the Bible. It's just very, very creepy. So, well, Nathan, as it's your pick, do you want to regale us all the uh, all the background you've got? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Okay, all right. So, the poster art and all related media were based on the famous painting by Grant Wood. The painting is also called American Gothic. The film was shot in the winter of 1986 to 1987 on Bowen Island near Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, American Gothic was released on VHS and Betamax by Vidmark Entertainment on September 7th, 1988. It was released for the first time on DVD by Trinity Home Entertainment on September 28th, 2004. It was re-released by Stax Entertainment in the United Kingdom. You might know about that, Justin. On March 27th, 2006, in a truncated cut running 85 minutes. I wonder what they cut out. E1 Entertainment put the film on DVD in Canada on October 14, 2008. Shout Factory released the film for the first time on Blu-ray on December 19, 2017. This marked the first time it was available in widescreen on home video. And there you have it. Um, so what background do you have, Justin? Well, thank you, Mr. Wikipedia. Um, let's have a look. <laughs> what? Can you begin? Are you trying to say that I <laughs> used Wikipedia? Well, I don't know. Did you? I think, he, I think he is saying that, Nathan. Mm-hmm. It's real well, don't go look. Just assume <laughs> okay. that I'm not. Okay. Yes. Well, I've got, a, I've got a few bits and pieces here. Is um, The film was actually released in the UK before it was released in the States. I think it came out on video here in 1987 or 88, but it came out about a year before it was released in the States. Um, it did actually say that there was a UK cinema release, uh, according to IMDb. Um, so, uh, so I'm not sure if it, it did, but it was um, produced by Brent Walker Productions. Now, Brent Walker were a British company uh, that had made films, uh, the Joan Collins uh, exploitation classics, The Stud and the Bitch, uh, and also Quadrophenia, so as a toyer. Uh, link there so yeah so yeah so um brent walker were kind of a it's put out quite a few films on the early days of video as well um obviously uh the director made the incubus we talked about and also mentioned uh did the howling for the original nightmare in uh 1988 there was i was looking up um the uh, copyright information on this and there was a there was a screenplay um, uh, written by Don Coscarelli who was famous for the Phantasm films uh, called American Gothic in uh, 1987 uh, and it just says based on the motion picture and screenplay entitled Phantasm so I'm wondering if he was either going to make a uh, a kind of related film to Phantasm called American Gothic or this what is what Phantasm 2 uh, became perhaps um 
Also mentioned that uh, Yvonne De Carlo uh, won Best Actress at something called Fanta Festival, um, which isn't presumably a festival about orange-tasting uh, soda pop. Um, mm. So, uh, interestingly, actually, some of the p- uh, people who were in this uh, went on to be in some very, very big movies. In fact, some of the biggest movies of all time. Um, Cynthia, uh, Sarah Sarah Torgov, um, uh, was actually in Meatballs, which I think you, you mentioned earlier, didn't you? you joseph a funny kind of moment of synchronicity but um uh caroline barkley who was terry she went on to be in species and also in Candyman: farewell to the flesh uh neither of which were the biggest movies of all time but uh rob uh, who was played with mark Lindsay chapman um uh played one of the um uh, one of the uh, the chief officer in Titanic in 1997. Uh, who else was um, uh, Stephen Shellen, who played Paul? He was in The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston, and he was also in Stepfather. And uh, who was the other guy? The um, William Hootkins plays Teddy. He was actually in Star Wars, the original Star Wars in 1977. So, yeah, interestingly, some of these people have been in the biggest movies of all time. Uh, Michael J. Pollard, of course, was in uh, um, in the classics, Bonnie and Clyde in 1967 and the uh, other classic uh, Sleepaway Camp 3 Teenage Wasteland as the as Herman uh, he was also in Tango and Cash with uh, Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone well there you go there's no end to uh, <laughs> and, um, as, it's a Avon, classic <laughs> Avon De Carlo I wonder um, if Tango and Cash won anything at, at Fanta <laughs> yes I do wonder. they probably won something alright because <laughs> um, Tango Tango and Fanta are both drinks soft drinks yes yes Thank you. Both orange soft drinks. Indeed, indeed. Well, there you go. That was my joke of the week. Thank you. Um, the Mar and Par in this. Rod Steiger was obviously in lots of uh, classic movies, like in the uh, Heat of the Night. Um, but he was also in The Kindred in 1987, which I think was made by the people who did uh, Behind the Dawn of the Drip Blood. Uh, he's Avant- also in. Sorry to interrupt mm. you. He's also in A Fistful of Dynamite, where he has a beard, and it makes me want to do this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Sorry, I was just going. I was just going to add one thing. Rod Steiger was also in a movie uh, from 1994 called The Specialist with Sylvester Stallone. If you want to <laughs> see someone choose some choose some scenery, watch Rod Steiger in that film. Oh my god, he puts on like this really bad uh, kind of mafioso uh, Italian old world Italian accent. It is just hysterical. Is that the one where Sylvester Stallone shags Sharon Stone in the shower? Yes, it, it's so bad. And James Woods, um, he's, I hate James Woods personally, but he's so good in this movie, so over the top. But yeah. Anyway, carry on, carry on. Okay, right. Well, thank you. Um, Avon De Carlo, uh, obviously, um, uh, apart from her, her famous turn uh, in the 60s TV, she was in uh, in quite a few horror movies at the time. She was in Cellar Dweller and Mirror Mirror. Uh, she was also in the kind of post-Halloween success Silent Scream with Rebecca Balding. And one of my favourite trash opuses, uh, Satan's Cheerleaders, uh, which is an amazing movie. And also <gasps> the... The Intruder from 1975, which was the recently discovered proto-slasher, which I've not seen yet, but I think it was going to get a release uh, coming out at some point. Um, and lastly, I was just going to mention uh, uh, Janet Wright, who played Fanny. Um, she's actually a British ac- actress who was brought up in Canada, and she had quite a tragic life, and she's passed away now. She was in um, The Perfect Storm uh, back in 2000, but uh, I 
and your daughter was shot dead uh, and her parents and her sister all died in a house fire so uh, yeah particularly sort of tragic uh life for her but um, and unfortunately she's no longer with us so on that downer um i've got more background <gasps> i know you remember when you said that yvonne de carlo won best actress at fanta festival yeah okay here are the other winners that same year. The best film was won by Mannequin. What? Best director was the director of Mannequin. <laughs> best actor was Andrew McCarthy from Mannequin. Best actress was Yvonne DiCarlo from American Gothic. Best special effects was for Dolls. And best first work is La Casa del Buen Retorno, directed by Beppe Sino. <laughs> what? Well, I, I didn't want to just leave that one off, but mainly I wanted y'all to know that um, it stands alongside Dolls and Mannequin as the winners at Fanta Festival. Well, Mannequin was the big winner. It swept the boards. That yeah, wow. it did. It got like three awards. Switcher! <laughs> I wonder if um, Starship won Best Film, our best song from a film. It won an Oscar. Did it? Yeah, it won the Oscar for that. For, so, so Mannequin is an Oscar winner. Wow. There you go. Or at least it was a nominated. It may have won though. I think it, but it's 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 either nominated or a winner. But still, Mannequin was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, well, there good. you go. So um, <laughs> who who hasn't gone? I have Joseph just and- two bits to add to that. Hmm. I think okay. um, one. You were mentioning that um, it possibly got a cinema release. It was certainly the BBFC classified it for a cinema release in. Uh, August of 1987, um, and then it was uh, issued, uh, well, it was certainly certified for release on VHS in November of 1987 with 58 seconds of cuts, as Nathan was saying. Um, The only other thing I have is that the location they filmed on is called Bowen Island in British Columbia in Canada, which is the same location they used for the wonderful and amazing uh, award-winning remakes of The Fog and The Wicker Man. Not the bees. Not the bees. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen the Folk remake. Is it is it worth watching? Is it dreadful? No. Hmm. I mean, I, I've seen plenty of films worse, but it's just it's a bit dull. Is its problem? It's yeah. it's, it's very, apple pie bland. Yeah, it's very you know like the films like The Nun, where you say it's just it's just special effects, and that's there's nothing else to it. So that's what the the fog is, as far as I remember. Right. Okay. Is it more exciting than the Prom Night remake? Well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen the Prom Night remake yet. You've not? I still want to see that. What? We, no. Did we cover it when we were doing... Did we not discuss it when we were uh, doing the Prom Night episode, no? Well, I've never seen the whole thing. Do you remember? We, I, I think when I started watching it and the um, the DVD or Blu-ray we were renting started sticking and we thought it took us a oh, sign yeah. from God. <laughs> that happened to me with... with, with um, what was that film you were mentioning earlier that about David Molay? Um Bloody Murder or Axel? Bloody Murder. Yes, Bloody Murder I bought on uh, DVD for uh, one euro. And, uh, you bought D- that? Yeah, the DVD didn't work when it arrived. Yes. Uh, Joseph, did you, I can't remember, have you been? What? No. I actually had a lot of background, but you guys read it all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is me doing my best Mark Wahlberg impression. <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark. Yes. Well, I still or I'll punch you in the goddamn face. <laughs> so, well, okay. is, if that's all the background. So, well, maybe uh, should we do an after the credits? We should do an after the credits. Don't press stop. All right. At the end of this film, Cynthia is rocking the what the thing the baby's in. Cottage? No. Cradle. No, it's not cottage. 
cradle. cradle. Yes, cradle. Okay, so she's rocking the cradle. Um, so what I'm thinking is that afterwards she goes and hangs up all the bodies because, you know, they're the new dolls. Um, and then the craziness that goes down is that another group of people crash land there and Cynthia starts killing them off too. Cause she's crazy by now. And that's what I think she becomes the crazy mountain lady. Um, what in the pink party dress? Yes. in the pink party dress and the ribbon in her hair. So, uh, that's what I'm thinking. What do you think, Justin? Oh, God, I haven't even, uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe uh, what is? I think it maybe the sequel would be something slightly supernatural, and she superglues the um, uh, the head back on the baby, um, and then the baby becomes like a like a little Chucky, and then um, people come to the island uh, looking for the people that have been uh, a bit like in, in Hatchet when they go looking for the survivors in uh, in the sequel, I think it is. And uh, and then you've got like the, um, the, the kind of withered baby is like a Chucky Zuni doll from... Uh, that sounds like Voodoo Massacre. Yeah, exactly. And then she, but she dresses up like Karen Black and then they do this kind of, uh, they chase them around the island uh, to the Benny Hill music. I would watch that. Well, I'm copywriting it now. <laughs> Oh, so you're going to make it? Well, why not? Mm-hmm. Joseph? Hmm. Well, Cynthia's all alone. Um, I think eventually someone else, like a guy, wanders around and they have a new fanny. But it's a boy. Yeah. They raise it as a girl. And its name is Eric. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I do not approve. I would not watch that film. I would object to it. <laughs> um, Eric, what do you think happened after the credits were Well, I think Daniela has something she'd like to say to you all. Thank you, Daniela. Okay, well, I think what happens is that Cynthia's madness is not caused by her ordeal at the hands of the family. Her her madness is caused by something we just mentioned earlier in the podcast, is that there's no TV on the island. So she's gone without television for about 48 hours, and she's gone insane. But she goes wandering the island later, and she goes back to that cabin, in the, the other cabin in the woods, and she discovers a TV there, and she switches it on, and um, Family Feud is on, or Family Fortunes as we know it, and she really enjoys it, and she gets her sanity back, and she escapes back to civilization. The end. Okay. All right. All right. So, TV saved her. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very interesting after the credits for Eric. Hmm. I hope his joke of a week is as good as that one. <gasps> Me too. <gasps> What do you call a US-based yokel who likes tombstones and cobwebs? Fanny. (laughs) No, an American goth hick. (laughs) 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 That's all I'm just going to give you that, because I quite thought that was quite clever, Eric. You made up your offer. Yes, very good, Eric. I like that one, too. Yeah, because I totally thought you were going for the fanny flap kind of. Uh, Pardon. I very very go for the fanny flap. No, it'd be the first first time for anything, Eric. Would no? No, I was I was trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! The fanny joke is what I thought you were going for. Yeah, but where do the flaps come into it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nathan! I was trying. I was trying to. I was trying to um, reverse engineer a joke that where the punchline would be Rod's tiger, but I couldn't think of. of <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you stuck with what your original joke. 
Um, Justin, just one thing. You were mentioning yeah. earlier about they go into the cabin and they found some random dead guy um, hunched over in the cabin. But yeah. I think that's the body of Rob, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is it? Okay. The, the scene has just passed by on the TV behind me. Ah, okay. So You ever wonder so I don't in think movies it's a random like this? Other person on the island. Okay. Like, I always just think in movies like this, like the killer has to have, um, you know, a lot of strength uh, and time because they move these bodies around all the time, you know? Well, you think about Friday the 13th, Jason, like, moves all these bodies around to pose them. And he throws them through windows a lot. Yeah, he does. But he's super strong, so it's okay. Yeah, that's true. He's got a nice arse in Friday the 13th Part 8. Oh, does he? Is that one of the redeeming features of R8 yeah. for you? I just, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric. Yeah. Um, Teddy. Yes. What, that what photo you said yes, but in American Gothic, no. Okay. Did anyone think he kind of looked like one of the, the the twins from Just Before Dawn? Yeah, he has that kind of vibe about him. Hmm. Yeah, but he didn't die by getting a fist down the throat. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm giggling. <laughs> no, why are you giggling, yeah. Eric? <laughs> So anyway, well, did y'all know that that's a big climactic scene in Just Before Dawn? We yes. did, yeah. Well, I mean, man. I have the film. I have American Gothic on in the background, and when it's on silent, I mean, Fanny is a dead ringer for Mrs. Voorhees. I'm sorry. What scene are you on right now? Um, I've just rewound again to that scene where they find that guy in the cabin, and it is the dead body of Rob. Oh, could you tell by the hair? Uh, yeah, and the 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 um, scar on his head from when he fell off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was tragic business. <laughs> Well, should we uh, go on to uh, some of the feedback uh, from the forums and uh, Facebook? Um, Joseph, do you have that to hand? I do. Um, This is from the Facebook group. Shane Miller says, great movie, and the twist at the end is fun. Chris Moore says, it's so good, one of the few movies that lives up to its awesome cover art. Tim S. Turner says, is there anything quite as entertaining as Rod Steiger at full ham bone? Tom Sullivan says, love this one. I have a VHS of this, and it is still one of my favorites among the 80s slashers. Yvonne DiCarlo and Rod Steiger made a great mon paw. And Michael J. Pollard is always fun to watch, and his role as Woody was enjoyable, and I really loved Fanny. She reminded me of Kathy Bates in Misery and all of her psychotic brilliance from playing kids' games with the stranded group of friends to showing Cynthia her baby. It is one of those films that was lost in the shadows and not given the credit it is due. Yvette Kelleher says, It's a lot of fun to see Oscar winners Steiger and Pollard hamming it up in this. Nick Yeoman says, It's been on my watch list for a while now. This seems like the perfect opportunity to finally watch it. Not disappointed. Uh, Jenny Hall Cameron says, Yay! I'm so happy! Been waiting for you guys to do this one. It's one of my favorites. You wouldn't think with it being one of my favorites, I would have so much more to say, but I don't. Although not attractive, I thought the final girl was good. Although she angered Rod Steiger by killing Fanny. Always thought that was weird. Everybody is dead, but you're sad about Fanny. Eh, she'll haunt your dreams, that Fanny. Michael J. Pollard looks high and happy the whole time. He stumbled from one set onto this one. Can't wait to hear this podcast and love the cover art for this movie. Uh, let's see. Whoa, this one's a long one. Billy Vadrine says, I love a slumming Rod Steiger in anything. The film itself has a mean streak running through it and isn't afraid to do to go to some pretty sick places throughout. It's questionably a slasher for me in the same way Texas Chainsaw Massacre or any of Rob Zombie's Firefly family movies are 
more about a group effort or family project to eliminate as many of the unfortunate people who stumble into their territory as possible. I always think of slashers proper being solo operators or at the most two, like spoilers, I guess, in Tower of Evil, Hell Knight, or the Scream movies, to name a few. But these Backwoods Family Peril movies feel like a different kettle of fish to me. Not that I'm discouraging you from covering American Gothic on the podcast. I haven't seen it since renting it on VHS in the 1990s, but I recall being a bit surprised at how disturbing I found the whole thing. Also, I absolutely love the box art on the tape with Ma and Pa front and center in a parody of uh, the titular Grant Wood painting and the screaming faces of soon-to-be victims in the upstairs windows of the house. That image is sort of more fun than anything in the movie, honestly, what with the dead babies and all. But hey, it's been decades. Maybe you guys thought it was hilarious and all in good fun. Wes Ray says... This is one of those movies that has somehow fallen through the cracks, and unfortunately, I have yet to watch it. However, I've always been fond of the home video cover artwork. Toya and Susie have never looked better than they did when they had that knife and pitchfork in their hands. Troy Escamilla says, I really enjoy this one. One of the quirkier slashers from the 80s with a very few memorable, effective scenes, The Swing. The performances are appropriately hammy, uh, with Janet Wright stealing the show as Fanny. I mean, who can forget her final scenes with her baby in quotation marks? Mike Paul Sanders says, disappointing, though the family dynamics were entertaining. Tom Virtuoso says, I guess technically it's not a great film, two-star average, but there's a lot to be said about the lingering atmosphere and awkward characters. The swing scene is forever memorable, and the Amy Steele lookalike kill is disturbing. Also, the box art was a huge standout at the rental store. Uh, J.W. Durbin says, the family that slays together stays together. Fun flick. Love all the veteran actors, Lily Munster and Michael J. Pollard, etc. I remember the day I first spotted this one at the video store. Thought it might be a train wreck with that vintage cover art, but was surprised. It was a great and memorable late 80s horror gem. Ben Raphael Cher says, it's scary. Watch out for Yvonne's knitting needles. Greg Wojcik says, such a fun underrated movie. I was happy it got a Blu-ray release. Justin Savoya says, love it. Derek Bourgeois, Bourgeois, I don't know your last name. The epic swing scene. Once you've seen this movie, you will not forget it. Plus, awesome performances by Rod Steiger and Yvonne DiCarlo. I dig this one from one of my favorite directors, Jean Ho, who directed Incubus, Legend of Hell House, and Twins of Evil. It is the same director of the Incubus, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, cool. Uh, Logan Abbey says, yes, finally. Christian Koch says, loved it. Great macabre film. Mitch King says, I've always enjoyed this one. Great hammy performances from the pa- parents. And Fanny is creepy as hell. Don Nye says, meh. And Donnie Ibarra says, skull emoji, metal horns emoji. So I guess he enjoys it. <laughs> okay, over on the forums, Mr. Palmer says, I dig this one. Uh, Rafe Jaw says, I like the subgenre in which ordinary people made a community that seems to live in another era. It establishes a, a disturbing setting without the need to rely on graphic violence. I also tend to prefer horror films with comedic elements. The behavior, be, behavioral opposition between the two groups is funny at first, which makes the progressive discovery of the creepiest secrets of the family even more effective. It makes me think of the post-psycho thrillers from the 60s mixed with slasher tropes from the 80s. It may have been more successful had it been released a few years earlier. This movie is not revolutionary, but contains effective shocking moments and solid acting, especially from the old couple. On Instagram, Liquid Sky 74 says, I've loved it since it came out in the late 80s. Heart Fanny. Shameful Clutter 2. Um, I guess he's better than Shameful Clutter 1. Um, he hasn't seen it in forever, but I think he digs it. 
truth be told, he was solely watching it for hashtag Fiona Hutchinson. Vestron Movie says, I love it. Quite surreal to see adult actors parade around as if they were still children. Eugene Weaver 9 says, I haven't seen this one since the VHS days, but recall quite liking it at the time. It's kind of a comedy as well as a horror movie, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Another one to rewatch list. P.S. Any of you watched the shot on video slasher from 1984 called Sledgehammer? It's hilarious, and I would love to hear you guys chat about that one. Now, that's a Nathan uh, movie. Yeah, that's a Nathan movie, Eugene. It's um, so you, good. <laughs> Eugene, um, the next time you comment on one of our movies, shut your goddamn mouth about Sledgehammer. We don't want to give Nathan any ideas. No, no, no. It's already happened. You're welcome, Eugene. It will be put into my list of choices. I, Eugene, I am banning you from the goddamn Instagram <laughs> feed. Eugene. Hey, Sledgehammer's awesome. It's the only movie I've ever seen where a guy flirtatiously balances a beer can on his girlfriend's head. (laughs) I get mixed up. Is Sledgehammer, um, is it the one uh, that has all of the slow motion or is that Spine? Yeah. Sledge. Well, they both do, but Sledgehammer (laughs) has a lot of slow motion. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Still over on Instagram, IvyBoy89 says top five super original to the genre. Fantastic cast, super underrated. On Twitter, Brennan Klein says, A total undiscovered gem. It combines the fun of themed kills with the freaky uncanniness of age-defying children who look like Imelda Staunton. And that's all the feedback I have. Well, thank you for everyone who has uh, written in. Uh, And, uh, well, here is how to get in contact with the show and also a message from friends of the show. So we'll be back after this devil times five is the fast-paced podcast in which three comedians and two horror experts dissect a different theme franchise or subgenre each month before playing around with horror's hardest quiz scary noises so for hot takes and piss takes listen to devil times five the british horror podcast that knows how to have fun Today's October the 31st. 31 backwards is 13. It's Friday, it's Halloween. It's the 13th anniversary of the lawnmower killings. It's a crazy loose. It's prom night. Hi, this is Tracy Savage. Debbie from Friday the 13th, part three. For the best podcast ever on old slasher movies, be sure you find Hysteria Continues. You will be glad you did. And hey, stay out of Crystal Lake, okay? Every episode, we celebrate a classic slasher movie, such as Friday the 13th, Halloween, My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, and uh, Crazy Fat Ethel 2. The Hysteria continues, bringing Slash with Panache since 2011. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all good podcatchers. And welcome back. And um, Eric's got a small one. Hey. <laughs> well, you like Fanny. You've already admitted you like Fanny, Just You set that one up behind the scenes, Eric, because you said, I've got a small bit of feedback here to read. Yeah, I know. You lost it right at Justin's way. Justin was going to use it against me. I knew it as soon as I said it. <laughs> I'm just being bullied all oh, the time. Get over and yourself. Come on. I find it difficult sometimes. <laughs> Do you feel bad now, Justin? Sorry, I wasn't no, listening. It's almost as it's almost as dramatic as that one where he was going to like <laughs> he's going to run and jump out the window. Yeah, and none the, of you tried to stop me. But that's because you were on the ground floor. 
No, I'm on the fourth floor. Mm. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting back to my feedback. This is from Max. He says, hey guys, my name is Max and I've been listening to you guys for about two years now. First time writing in. Just want to say I enjoy the show more than life itself. And I love the stuff you're putting up on YouTube. I plan to support you on Patreon starting next month. And that's from Max. Well, thank, thank you, Max. Max. And thank course, you, Max. What's been going up on YouTube recently, Joseph? It's uh, it was, we have some trailers and course, trailers, episodes. Uh, there's some Patreon freebies. We cut that promo that's on there. Um, cool. You know, during during movie during movie night when we were watching Boarding House and Nail Gun, I was like, you know what? We should film this. Yes. And you know we what? Dying, if we get we were dying laughing the whole time, it was just a this spectacle. is true. Well, and if we get a thousand Patreonians, then we'll all do a commentary on Old Federal Massacre Part Two. It'll take well, so yeah. much time to prepare. Join us on Patreon so we can fly to some tropical island and record a video cast or something. Yeah, but I don't want it to be like the island on. I still know what you did last summer. Are the are the one in American Gothic? American yeah. Gothic, mm-hmm. yeah, not those. How about the one in Island of Blood? We can go to one of those old schools, and Justin can be bored to death while I'm like. You know, swimmingly happy. Yeah, I don't want it to be like the one in the Slayer either, because it looks really cold and windy there. Oh, yeah. it's Tybee Island. It's beautiful there, as long as you don't have to deal with the Slayer. Yeah, yeah. true. Well, I c- I'm looking forward because I can oh. imagine going there and seeing Eric in a pink party dress. See, Justin already us. lives on an island. We just visit Justin. That's true. He lives on an island. Yeah, yeah. But if I was wearing a pink party dress, it'd be one I'd have to steal from your house. It wouldn't, it wouldn't so fit Eric, you. Technically, Eric. it'd be yours. Eric, did you have a did you have a really big a really big twelfth birthday party? Hmm. <laughs> I, I think of my my big twelfth. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like Eric is the type who would like go to someone else's twelfth birthday party and like he'd try to open all their presents or eat their cake before they <laughs> had a chance to do it. <laughs> As if I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just so high. Oh, oh my god! Well, um, let's uh, bring this to a dignified close. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to discuss before we uh, let slip what uh, I have in store for you next time? Oh, oh you've got Ooh. something in store for us? Yes. Yes. Well, I I thought well, we haven't done any Jalo or Jali for a while, and uh, we used to have fun doing Jali double bills. So I thought, in the spirit of bringing it back, um, that we should uh, move on from the 70s to some 80s Jali uh, and a Lamberto Barva double bill of oh my uh, god oh my god delirium the one about the uh the models being murdered the ones with giant insect heads and yeah. you will die at midnight where the final girl um beats off the killer with a whisk oh, oh. i love that movie oh this is gonna be fun yes Ooh, just, i like oh, delirium oh, the, the the egg whisk final twist because i've never seen you'll die at midnight oh well, it, well it's not really a, it doesn't give much away but uh, i think you'll enjoy <laughs> it but there's there's a you, if you search for you'll die at midnight you quite often you'll see the still of the uh, of the woman she's holding a whisk against the killer so uh, terrifying but it's absolutely terrifying yeah. delirium so, it sounds like photos of a girl named goya yes yeah. that's the one that's the one so, joya. so uh joya. yeah so i thought there'd be and a fun one to dialogue in that as well <laughs> Yes, that'll be oh, fun. This one is going to be a good episode. Yes, so uh, join us next time. And what are we playing out with, Nathan? Oh, it's the incidental music for American Gothic, but because uh, uh, yeah, uh, because yeah, 
um, because that's all, folks. Because uh, I thought it was a very somber movie, and we were very respectful in this episode. We kept it very somber, I would say. Part of when we were talking about Fanny. I'm very somber over here. Let me tell you. You know what's going to happen, oh, Nathan? Yeah. Nathan, you don't realize what's going to happen here. Justin's going to completely ignore the fact that you've chosen this piece of music and he's going to put in Susie and the Banshees because they're gothic. Eric, I know I've. Um, I know yeah, I've but Eric, you, you gave him that idea. Yes, hmm. Eric, I blame you now. Eric, Eric, I know I've bullied you a little bit on this episode, but I feel like you've totally earned it because every time I've done the, oh, yeah, you haven't said anything, and I know you love it. I do love, oh, yeah. I definitely, I haven't noticed you saying that. Sorry. Oh. I did like you when Not, you go, what? No. Now I take back all my bullying, and okay. I'll, I'll direct it somehow at Justin or some or someone. I well, let's okay. My final up. words on the subject are... There we go. <laughs> wow. you know, none of them really wanted the demons to get them. That's, this is true. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if somebody ran up and says, you know what, I'm kind of looking forward to the demons getting me. Anyway. <laughs> <I love them. laughs> and on that bombshell. Um, oh, this is still part of the show. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the show's still yeah. on. It's still going. Still, still, oh I'm trying to wrap the bloody uh, thing up. Listeners. Well, I'm the editor now, so, I, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening to The Hysteria Continues. And um, thankfully, this I think this is slightly smoother than the shit pickle episode of Jacko. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, uh, it's more and, yeah, and a big thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, we've got lots of exciting things coming up uh, for next month. I think we have Demonoid. We're back to horror roots. And we've top three, was it hairstyles? <laughs> Is this a joke? What was it? I was kidding. Well, I'm top, honestly running out of ideas for top three. You guys, top three you guys have any, styles. If you guys have any ideas, that's great because I'm running out of ideas for top no, three. I love it. Well, I think we might as well go with top three selfish relatives, as you suggested, Joseph. Then. Oh, yeah. That was a joke, yeah. Eric. Yeah, well, there's only two selfish relatives anyway, just Joyce and Deborah, and there's nobody else. Yeah. Well, be top three something or other uh, engaging. Yeah. I think Meep didn't didn't they do on the um, on his podcast? It did uh, top hairstyles. He did actually. Yeah. Yes. So sorry. I just not don't know if I would be as, as flamboyant about hair as Meep is. Yeah. Yes. See, I, I don't know that you pay that much attention to hairstyles in in movies, except for the girl with the big hair and Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four. Yeah. How about top three? Top threes like what? our favorite top threes that we've done <laughs> well we'll discuss Go this back. off air yeah, off so discuss this off air so okay well yeah. say goodbye to the good people goodbye Bye. take a load off fanny butthole vagine <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> I like vagine Justin's blinking. Seems like Justin's like everything's everything's in one little corner of this house. Like I'm recording in a corner next to the cat box. Stuart's about to get in the shower with me, and oh, I got the oven going at 600 degrees. Well, that's what it is. We're in a tiny little place. It's it is, but it is a box. It's it's open plan. There's only three, four rooms in the whole place.
But Joseph, are you just because I'm still recording? So can you um, cut in the bit at the end with uh, Nathan saying he um, he likes Virgin? <laughs> 